A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday, Haley. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, Dan. You had a kind of an interesting experience this week, and it kind of spawned into us coming up with a topic for the open of the show today that's kind of fun, but a little bit out there. It's different. Yeah, but we don't have too much time on this opening segment because we've got a ton that we're going to get to later on the show. We're going to be talking about our upcoming color and design event down the rabbit hole. We'll be giving away some tickets to that. It's June 1 at the Sunnybrook Country Club in Granville, and we'll have way more information coming up at the end of the show. You're going to want to be in attendance for that, but you're going to want to be there for free if you can, and we'll tell you how you can do that at the end. Exactly. We'll also be talking with Kevin Herman from Benjamin Moore about Aura. Their best paint ever just got better. They reformulated it a little bit, and we're going to be talking about that, what changes have happened, what we can look for. But right now, I want to just make a recommendation, something my family has enjoyed. Over the last few years, we snagged. This is no news for anybody. It's not like we're breaking new ground here. But we snagged a a bird book, you know, Birds of West Michigan. We grabbed some wildflower books Mm -hmm. and we grabbed, I forget what the other one was, butterflies. Oh, fun. Okay. All of that. Field guides. Yes. And we have just enjoyed, had so much fun walking around and identifying stuff. And you just ran into a similar experience with right in your own backyard, right? Uh, uh, Yes. I don't want to spill the beans. Tell your story. All right. So this weekend, um, I think it was Saturday or Sunday, Jordan's sitting in the living room drinking his cup of coffee, and I'm out on the back porch, and all of a sudden I just hear him yelling, Haley, Haley, you've got to go in the living room right now. Hurry. I'm thinking, oh, my God, something's wrong. (laughs) Bring the gun. (laughs) I run up there, and he can't even get the words out. He's just pointing out the window. And there's a hawk sitting there on our fence, just staring into our window. And we're both just stunned. I'm trying to pull my phone out. Of course, as soon as I do, it flies away. Of course. But it comes back about 20 minutes later, and now it's running around the yard. Like, on the ground, running around. I'm For no apparent reason, right. just like having a good time. And it was hilarious because you came in and told me all of that, and that was all interesting. Right. But it wouldn't be a real story. It wouldn't have stuck with me except for the fact (laughs) that you demonstrated it. Right. This is not something Haley does on a regular basis. (laughs) She all of a sudden hunches over, sticks her arms way out the back and just starts running around the, the, the little workshop that we've got. Well, I needed you to see what the hawk yeah, was doing. Yeah, you're hopping from foot to foot, <laughs> and then you're looking like your eye is on the side of your head, and you keep yeah. twisting your head. It was hilarious. And you told me it was a Cooper's hawk, and I asked you how you figured that out. Well, I've got a bird identification book. It turns the out it's the Birds same one of I've Michigan. got. Yeah, and it made it fairly easy to confirm what kind of hawk it was. I thought that it was a Cooper's hawk, but Jordan was questioning me, and so we sent the picture to my brother-in-law, and he has a hobby of bird watching, so we knew that he would be the expert closest to us that would know. And sure enough, I was confirmed it is a Cooper's hawk. But yeah, you're totally right. A couple years ago, I got. Uh, wildflowers of West Michigan mm-hmm. book. And that's what I would do when I would go to the park is try to identify as many flowers as I could. It is so fun, right? I, my grandpa used to be able to do that. He'd just walk 
around and he'd point out everything from the trees mm-hmm. to the plants to the birds. He could hear a bird and he'd know what it was. And I've always felt like a loser because I can't do any of that. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like it's a skill that we've lost over time. Right. And and I it's really been frustrating because I like to write and I can never you know, I, I I can know what an oak is and a maple is and sure. stuff like that. Yeah. But when it comes to the wildflowers, I know a dandelion when I see it. <laughs> but that's about it. And I thought, you know what? Let's stop bemoaning the fact that I don't know this stuff and let's just get a few books. And we go walking. The kids and I go walking. We pack the books with us. They are just thumbed, you know, crazy. We have really beat them all down because we've used them so much in just that's a couple awesome. of years. But yes, now we can identify a number of things. You know, well, I bet it feels we've got really cool. It changes the way that you see things around you. Right. It's so interesting. And the books have little quick write ups about, you know, the, what where the plant came from, how it got here or the bird, what they do, how they travel. All of these different things. I'm sure it's no big news to lots of people out there. But if you haven't picked up some of these books, field guides, and and there's all kinds of different ones. Just find whichever one turns your crank and get outside, enjoy the weather that we've got, and learn a little something. Anyway, we thought that was a fun way to start the the show. Now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be in the studio with Kevin Herman from Benjamin Moore talking about Aura, what changes have taken place, and why it's even better. That's all just ahead. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back, and Haley and I are in the studio with Kevin Herman from Benjamin Moore. Good morning. One of our favorite guests. Yeah, one of our favorite guests. Oh, She's boy, this is going to go the wrong way. I can tell already. <laughs> You're no, setting me up. I'm going to be nice to you because the last time you were here, I listened. How I treated you, and I felt ashamed that you didn't understand that that was a joke. <laughs> so you need to work on that, Kevin. All right? Okay. <laughs> oh, my now, gosh. As I we're need, sitting here, I we're getting ready to, to get go on, it. and Kevin, I'm all riled up right now. I, it's hard for me to calm down because, Kevin, you made me really mad. But Why? it wasn't – well, it wasn't you. I was mad for you. Right, yes. Because I care so much. Because that's my way. I care about the, uh, the too people. Much, I care too much yeah. sometimes. No, Kevin, you just came back from New York, New York yep. and you were talking about a restaurant you went to. We won't mention the name. Nope, we won't mention the name, but it Nibs, had the four jibble, little... Nibble in Japanese. Yeah, the word means nibble, and literally <laughs> that's what you got. You said yeah. the menu had four little dollar signs on it, or the... The the, the write-up yep. of the suggested restaurants. Yeah, it was, you know, not, not an inexpensive place, but... Uh, it's more, I think you pay for the scenery, the aesthetics. Right, right. The presentation. I guess so. And not for quantity of food that no, they give you. Yeah. You said you looked at the menu and you saw, like, there's a taco for yeah. 20 bucks. And you mm-hmm. thought, that's not so bad. Right. Your wife got a couple of those, right? Mm-hmm. Or one or yep. whatever. And then they bring it out. And it, what would describe it? Um, each taco is slightly larger than, like, one of your eyes. <laughs> I think it's funny that there, there we were one bite tacos eating ta- something. Yeah. Kevin <laughs> goes to I as the descriptor. Well, that's that's a, a grape the closest thing. I could. <laughs> think about that. That's $20 to eat. I'm still mad. Well, your ear would be much too big. Well, it's expensive. <laughs> I can't even imagine that. Oh, I that whole thing is so crazy. Then then I was talking about how when I make food at the house, you know, that's I go the opposite way. We have so much food. We almost yeah, you don't food. want people to go away hungry. No, no. They do. 
Oh, they do, yeah. yeah. They want to go away hungry? <laughs> oh, they do at that restaurant. The restaurant. I thought you were making fun of me. Then you have to food. come back for more. Yeah, that makes sense. But anyway. The presentation was beautiful. They're well, there you beautiful go. little tacos. At least you're... <laughs> tiny little. tacos. Yeah. Beautiful little tacos. Anyway, that's what we started talking about before we went on air. Now we're going to switch gears dramatically and talk about Aura. Benjamin Moore's Aura. Mm-hmm. It made big news. When did Aura come out? How many years ago was 2007. That? 2007. Made big news. Benjamin Moore labeled it the greatest paint we've ever made. They've ever made. Mm-hmm. Is it still? Uh, well, it, 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 it category. It's still the best paint that we make for a lot of different reasons. Right. But it just got better. Okay. So that's what we want to talk about. It's been reformulated. I honestly don't know a whole bunch. A whole bunch. I was an English major. I don't know a whole bunch. I don't know a whole bunch about why that's so much better, <laughs> but I'd sure like to know. Fill us all in, Kevin. Why you're, is it better? You're killing me. Um, they did a couple of things. One was it, it was it was the best product that we had for hide and durability and all the things that you want to paint. It's, it's, it's more expensive. Sure. We put our, uh, you know, titanium is the number one hiding pigment, generally one of the most expensive components of Magellan paint. We put more of that product, titanium into Aura than how we many, do any other product. How many eyeballs would you say oh of titanium <laughs> go in? Just well, because. we'd have to convert eyeballs into pounds because generally it's pounds sure, per gallon okay. that they put but in. But a lot of titanium. Uh, yeah, a lot of titanium. Yeah, it's expensive, yeah. but you're getting more than an eyeball's yeah, yeah. worth. And that's why it goes so far. That's why it hides so well. Um, now they're putting more into the pastel base. So even the lightest of colors, there are a couple of colors in the, the line you probably used them or heard about them, but Chantilly Lace, yes. Simply White, they're so little colorant in, in one of those bases that it it ends up being so clean that the hide is terrible. That's why. And so they've improved the, the amount of titanium in the one base so that even those lightest of colors still hide very well. Yeah, that's impressive because mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that people don't realize as they're picking out the brightest white possible mm-hmm. is sometimes you're sacrificing... Performance. Um, performance, yeah. yeah. Yeah, application performance. Durability and everything else is still there, but just the hide, depending on what color you're going over, uh, it can take multiple coats. Now, Aura's big claim to fame when it first came out was two coats yep. guaranteed. Yep. And you could go over any other color with any color. Yep. And two coats guaranteed, right? That's, that was the, a, that's a guarantee. And it's still the guarantee. deal yep. at the time. Yep. And right now, what you're saying is they've just made that better, even yet. better. I mean, it, it, you know, color trends change, and these really clean whites are in, and that presents a problem Not because, at like my I house, said, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Do they start off clean? They start off they clean, start but off. they're not clean for long. I've talked about my greasy children. Uh, you and they love that. Shiny. <laughs> no, but that is a—it's a popular look, and and yeah. it is a struggle. Yep, to, to make, make to make hide. them hide. Yep, depending on what color you're going over. So now, uh, the improvements are such that even with a bigger color change, those really clean off whites will still hide. Coverage and hide. We we use those terms. Yeah, but let's hide is opacity. And coverage is how far you can take a gallon of paint right. realistically and, and get the performance out of it. Okay. So, Aura, you're looking at, it's pretty high. It's five to 600 square feet per gallon, realistically, that you can spread that product. And, and a lot of times get, we see yeah. like 450 is Or being, 300 yeah. or 350, yeah. So you can, you're saying 500 to what? 600. And still get good hide, mm-hmm. which is the opacity, which is covering up the previous 
coat of paint. Correct. All right. So they improved it by adding more titanium. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Kevin Herman from Benjamin Moore, our territory rep. Known each other for years. Kevin just came back from New York and failed to bring Haley and nor I. We, neither one of us got a gift Taco. of any kind. We've known you kind of for... spoiled the surprise. Oh, but... crap. <laughs> if he really Baby, has a surprise, I'm going to feel really like a loser. I, I don't. Oh, sad. We didn't even buy anything for the Dang, kids. You could have let that go longer, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, you could have. I felt like dirt. And that's rare. No, that's honestly, I live in that zone. Anyway, Kevin Herman, we're talking about Aura's reformulated mm-hmm. nature, and one aspect is the improved hide in the in the in the, one, in the one base in the past. What other base. changes? Have um, been it's made? no longer zero VOC. It's very low. Now that but, sounds like a not not a good change, right? We would tend to think that zero VOC is better than low VOC. It, but it is for. Certain things, but for application, actually having a little bit more open time, which the VOCs can help us there, um, help us with the flow and leveling. So a little bit of VOCs in the satin finish keeps it open a little longer, so you have better better flow and leveling on your application. It's easier to use. Well, I think that's yeah. great. When I worked in the stores, that was one of the things that I have to warn customers about when they were getting Aura is if you're an inexperienced painter, if this is your first time painting trim, you've got to really work fast and it might be challenging to work with aura even though you are going to get great durability great hide you're sacrificing a little bit on the application end you got to work a little quicker so one of the probably the bigger learning curves with people on aura was you have to work a little faster when it's just water that's evaporating from the product depending on what the conditions are like how warm it is uh, humidity in the air air movement things like that it can make that product dry a little faster so it makes Application a little more tricky, right? A little bit more via VOCs, and now all of a sudden we have much better application. Does it affect the smell a whole lot? No, 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 not that much. I mean, it's still very low VOC. It's not zero, but it's pretty doggone close. Right. No, I think it's it's a way better way to go. Yeah. And in I fact, agree. a lot of the products are not just Benjamin Moore, but products everywhere are moving away from the zero VOC. Yeah. Yeah. There's just VOC. not the demand there for the zero VOC that we thought there would be originally and not low when, low when, is low is still very green right when application is affected exactly you know, we'll, we'll make a lot of concessions <laughs> when it's really <laughs> tough to work with and, right. and get great results so what other changes have been made uh, another big one is since we have a product like scuff x and we have technology to make a product much more scuff resistance mm-hmm. you're kind of seeing that move into some other product categories so right now the new version of aura is also much more scuff resistant than it ever used to be. Okay, that's, that's where I want to camp a little bit. Yeah. Because ScuffX, you know, if you go to a competitor, and we're not recommending that, but we know people do, <laughs> and you'll be told, oh, here's ScuffX. You know, here's our version of ScuffX. And we've we've seen that play out over and over All again. Haley, time, as yeah. we've done different design events, we're going to talk about that at the end of the show today, not about this particular point, but as we've done design events, we've gone around and asked for... You know, what's version. your version of ScuffX? And then we put them side by side, and nobody's version of ScuffX seems to turn out looking like ScuffX. No, it's it's just a label. Right. They're just yeah. calling it that to yeah. try to sell it. It doesn't perform like ScuffX. ScuffX right. performs like nothing I've ever seen it's incredible. in resisting scuffs. Yep. Yep. How does Aura compare? I mean, it, I would it say it's not quite it, it's not quite as good as ScuffX because ScuffX is just built for scuff resistance. 
Aura has to do all kinds of other things. The yeah. hide, the application, the the spatter resistance, the look on the walls. It's it's just the best we make. So it's not quite as good as ScuffX, but it's it's still very good. And it's much better than it was. And I always thought it was a pretty durable product before. So now it's just even better. Have you seen it and used it yourself? or mm-hmm. are you Okay, so mm-hmm. you've seen good results. Mm-hmm. I could show you some drawdowns. You want to see some drawdowns? That'd be good for radio. I'll describe them. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin is holding a board. <laughs> no, yeah, I'll, show, I'll, I'll look at those drawdowns later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I'm excited to get my hands on some and try it. We haven't been able to do that. Yeah, We've we were just talking some about it. Old formulation, mm-hmm. but you know, at this point, that's a gone product, right? It's it's not available. Yeah, anymore. I mean, but the, the, with inventory the way it's been. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. That old stuff is pretty much gone. We're just into the new. All right, let's awesome. talk about that in the last little bit that we've got. How are we looking inventory with this new aura? We're just talking about it now. Do I get to follow it up by telling everybody out there who's interested that, oh, and the good news We've is it's had not available? We've had pretty good availability. Okay. Right. It, it's not, uh, I can't say with confidence that we have as much as we want all the time, uh, but it's been pretty good. It's been pretty available. And, uh, you know, the, the only thing that I can confidently say we're pretty much always going to have and plenty of it, that's Regal. Because they're a flagship product, but Aura has been pretty good. It, right. It's a premium, it's a super premium, so they work hard to keep that in stock. All right. Yeah, supply chain issues have really been a trick. Yeah. It's been, you know. They're challenging. Yeah, but... we've, we've done a good job. You know, at Repcolite, we make our own line of paint. We've got Benjamin Moore products. And so normally we can find you something. Yes, you know, we can whatever pivot. we've got to do, we can yeah get you where you want to go. All right, Kevin, any other big changes for Aura? Or is that pretty much that's, summing it up? That's summing it up. Yeah, definitely. Still, you're still considering it the best paint, Benjamin. Yeah, Mark. all around. I mean, if you uh, if you don't like painting, or is the best thing to use because it's it's so easy to make it look good. Um, tremendous application properties, extremely durable. And uh, if you pick out a color, maybe one of those really bright oranges, yellows, those those colors that normally are very hard to have hide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just remember, Aura still we're promising two coats, even on colors like that. Which I used is to do incredible. Yeah, I used to do combinations of maize and blue, and you know, pack of green and gold, and I put the blue over the yellow, yellow over the blue, two <laughs> coats, and you can still scrub it. There's zero color release. The nice thing is. You, you have two coats, and it's one-hour recoat in between. So if you want to get done in a hurry, you don't want to mess around with a lot of extra coats, and you want to be done with that paint project, you want to use Aura. Yeah, Aura from Benjamin Moore. You can find it at any Repco Light or Port City Paint. Stop in, ask us, and we'll walk you through you know what you need to know in order to get great results in your next project. Kevin Herman from Benjamin Moore, thanks for being here. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Well, Haley, it's time for a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about what we learned as we prepared for our upcoming color and design event down I'm the rabbit hole. I'm excited about it. Yeah, we've got all kinds of stuff we've learned, and we're going to share that just ahead and give away free tickets. Of course. Right. All kinds of good stuff happening, but you're going to need to stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. And Haley, we've been talking about this design event that we've got coming up. Mm-hmm. And we gave away a bunch of tickets over the last week or two. And we're going to give away more at the end of this segment. And we're going to do it in a slightly different way than yes. we've done in the past. So. 
You're going to have to just ride with us. And, It'll and up we'll your ex- chances somewhat. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we'll explain all that coming up. But right now, you know, we've talked about the, sh- the this upcoming show and kind of spun all the different things that we were going to try to cover or some of the things we were going to cover. Yeah. And I thought this time, just to give people a feel for what they might get out of it, besides wine, desserts, <laughs> and a bunch of free stuff. Which is all really great. <laughs> really great, right? It's at the Sunnybrook Country Club in Granville. I should say that. Wine, desserts. Haley, you handpicked the desserts, right? Sort of. Without yeah. touching them. Right. <laughs> when I get that out there, you weren't fiddling with anybody's desserts, right? You just picked them from pictures, but really good desserts. Wine. What else do we have going? Raffle prizes. Raffle We're prizes. Giving away money. What? <laughs> giving away money? For paint. Money for paint. Yes. Gift certificate. Okay. <laughs> wow. I thought I'm going to get there and get Cash registered. Cash money. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't like that? Anyway, there's all kinds of reasons to come. It's just a great evening. But I wanted to talk about what we have gotten out of it ourselves as we prepare. Yes, because we do like to talk about us. (laughs) We do. And I think that will be helpful, though, not just because it's us and who doesn't want more. It's helpful because, well, people will see what you could possibly get out of this. And you and I have not talked about what we've taken so far from the material as no. we're putting together this presentation that I have you and I... a little I, bit of an idea, but we haven't had a full-on conversation. A full-on conversation. conversation. So let's start with that. As we've gathered all these materials, we've looked at Frank Gehry, we've looked at David Lynch, we've looked at Elizabeth Gilbert, all these different, we've called them pioneers of creative thought, mm-hmm. and more people, you know, there's more people that we're drawing from. As we've gathered that and looked at all of these things and the writings and how these people have succeeded and become creative and maintain that creativity... What have you most taken out of this? I think that one of my favorite concepts that we researched and kind of came up in the research and learned about and uh, influenced the things that we're going to discuss at the event is the idea of translating ideas. Okay. No, nope. <laughs> I completely, I, I think I know where you're going. Yeah. but And it's it's a big deal because... Once you have this amazing idea that's completely your own and unique and different, now you've got to translate that to other people successfully or else it could just die on the vine. Right. Now, Frank Gehry, an architect, if you're familiar with his work, it's out there. He's really pushing boundaries and he creates a lot of Yes. His buildings don't even look like buildings sometimes people compare them to like crumpled up pieces of paper like they don't look like buildings they're sculptures he was on the simpsons you know he had a little (laughs) cameo there and i think marge had written to him you know mr gary could you decide you know design this building for springfield and he took her letter and he you know crumples it up and throws it on the ground because he's too busy and he looks at it and he says Frank Gary you're a genius and he goes with that crumpled up design and creates a new building but if you watch some of this stuff that's really yeah, how he does it it's not that far off it's crazy <laughs> and not everybody loves it you know right. some people like it some people hate it i wasn't sure either way there's some i like there's some i hate the thing mm-hmm. that i thought was so interesting though is in reading about him he there's so many stories where he literally is called in by the people who've hired him and they say, we need you off the job. We've seen the prints. We've seen where you're going. It's crazy. We can't get it. And then he has to go through this long, and it's not always long, but this translation process. Right. And if he couldn't do that, 
he wouldn't get the jobs. He exactly he convinces I mean, it's them like, and explains his process or his goal, his vision, and that's what sells them. And the idea was good, but it's all about the translation to make other people understand. Right. I think it's probably the most important skill as a designer, architect, or artist because your ideas literally can't be made unless you're able to go through that process, like you just said. And I think for me personally, you know, as an artist, I've struggled with this process in the past because I have these really big abstract ideas about really big concepts like the deal with metaphysics. How how in the world am I going to translate these ideas to other people and have them understand what I'm talking about. And the thing that really got me with Frank Gehry is that he believes that he's only getting about 30% of his original idea into these buildings. And if you think about that with the translation process, okay, like let's say that I only get 30% of my idea translated. That's enough. I have to be okay with that. Right. Well, I, right. And yeah, I mean, good grief. That goes in so many different <laughs> directions. But if you see Frank Gehry's buildings and you think, wow, that's 30% of what he wanted to do. Right. Really, seriously, Google it right now and take a look at some of these buildings if you're not familiar. And remember, that's 30%. And that wasn't my main choice for things that I've gotten out of this. But mm-hmm. that is really interesting to me because if I were would be told on any project that I was going to get 30%. Right. Of what I wanted into that project, I would not do the project. Yeah, that we would, would think of it as like a failing it's a grade. failure, right? Yeah. I don't want to be involved in that. And he's saying, no, that's par for the course. Mm-hmm. That's what you can expect. And you can do a lot with that. Right, exactly. And in order to get that to actually even happen, that's where the translation comes in and all of that. That's really important. Now we've got to spin it, though. Because you made it, you know, made the case for you're an artist and Frank Gehry's an architect and perhaps a designer has a vision. But even for a homeowner, right? how many times don't we have in our home an idea for a space? Mm-hmm. And we pitch the idea to our family, perhaps, and the reaction is not what we anticipated. They can't right. envision that color on the ceiling or the, that color on the walls or this over here or that over there. They can't envision it. And so what often happens is a fight. Conflict. <laughs> yes. I'm beating my fists together. And yeah, it's the universal sign for yeah. conflict. And that's what happens. Right. But the, the thing we've got to remember is if we're the one with the vision, rather than launch into conflict. Which right. sometimes is really fun, but it's never rewarding. It can be fun, not re- well. It could be rewarding, but that's not the not goal. The, not, not the goal. The goal. <laughs> the goal is to translate and to remember that people who don't have the vision need that translation. Right. They need you to explain what they're what where you're going with it. And yeah, I think it's easy to get defensive when you're feeling misunderstood. Like right. you don't see the vision, and so now I'm gonna get puffy because I don't know how to explain my idea. But if we just kind of slow down and realize, okay, this translation process takes just as much creativity sometimes as the idea itself. This is a problem that needs to be solved. So how am I going to successfully translate this to the person that can't see what I'm talking about rather than, oh, this is them insulting me because they don't understand. No, I just need to to figure out how to do this. Right. And and how to explain it. And it's easy to get, like you said, to get defensive Mm -hmm. and to really, I'm honestly, I'm a parent. So I tend to go 
the way of because I said so. Yeah. And I think that plays out not just in parenting, that plays out in these kinds of situations too. Trust me. Yeah, just I trust know what, me. Just trust me. Frank Gehry, incredibly successful architect. I mean, honestly, if you go and, and look, I mean, there's a lot of places that consider him the greatest living architect right, right now. And he will not approach these um, potential conflicts when somebody doesn't get the vision. Mm-hmm. He will not approach those from the point of view of, hey, I'm, I'm Frank, Frank Gary. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> right. He goes through the explanation, the translation, and yeah. he knows how important that is yeah. to help them catch the vision. And honestly, when people catch the vision, the other thing to remember is now they're on board. They're not just waiting and watching and waiting to critique whether you made it or not. Now you've got a partner. You've got a partner. And that can play out in our homes, too, in the designs that we're pulling together, the colors that we're choosing. Once we get the vision and we can translate that vision and the people understand it and Mm -hmm. accept it, not because we said so, but because they literally get it. Now, there may be that leap of faith point. You know, we may not completely get them there. Yeah, there's probably a threshold. But once we've convinced them a little bit that, that we've thought this through... Now we've got somebody working with us and, you know, working towards that particular goal. I think that's so important to translate. Yeah. Absolutely. Really good. Well, that took a lot of time. Well, you've I got guess. your own things that you've taken away from this, yeah, though. Can we I have catch time? it on the other side? Well, yeah, I guess. I guess we can. We're in charge of everything here, right? We call the this shots. This is your domain. I don't have to translate <laughs> for anybody. I'm going to just keep myself over. And we'll talk about what I've learned on the other side of the break. Good suggestion, Haley. We'll all be back in just a minute, and we'll give away those tickets, so stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. Well, all right, Haley, it's my turn now. You droned on and on. No, I actually jumped in a lot, didn't yeah. I? <laughs> Feel free to jump in on my topic oh, as well. Oh, I will. Yeah, I figured. Now, we're talking about our upcoming color and design event, Down the Rabbit Hole. It's scheduled for June 1, and basically the concept is finding and being found by that next new idea. And we're going to be talking about creativity, how to re-engage yours, reignite it, Keep it going. Get all of those block. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that stuff, and we're focusing on a number of different. We've called them creative pioneers. Yes. Frank Gehry, David Lynch, the Elizabeth movie maker, the Gilbert. filmmaker. I should say filmmaker, right? Not movie maker. Yeah, I would call it film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, filmmaker, and Elizabeth Gilbert. What would you call her? Uh, well, she's a writer, but yeah. she's had movies made after right. her ideas. So. Do you think there's going to be movies made about me, Dan? In theaters now. You think God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Come on. At least walk me down easy. I bet it'd be an action flick. I bet Tom Cruise would play, play me. You, well, actually. He's short. That might be a good fit. He's got an ego. It <laughs> works. Anyway, color and design event, June 1, 7, no, yeah, yeah, 7 to probably 8.30 at the Sunnybrook Country Club in Granville. Tickets are $10 each, but if you come... Everybody who shows up is going to get a $10 Repco Light gift certificate to kind of offset that cost. And you'll have the chance to win really big gift certificates for an entire house redo. Basically. Right, right. We're going to give away, what's the big one? $250? $250? And then on down from there. We've got all kinds of stuff. Dessert, wines. We've talked about that already. It's a lot of fun. We've done this for a number of years. A great, great evening. You can learn more at RepcoLight.com. 
Now let's talk about what I've learned as we've prepared. And it really, really changed almost everything for me. Everything. Everything. That's pretty big. Yes. And honestly, it comes from Elizabeth Gilbert, who I had no interest in at all. Yes. It was a little bit of a struggle to get you on board with that one. Because I'm a little stubborn. Well, and the the title of this book was Big Magic, which sounds already like a little woo-woo. Oh, and... man. It was so foo-foo <laughs> and woo-woo and all of those things. And then Haley's describing stuff. And I thought it was a nut job stuff. Yeah. And Elizabeth Gilbert sees ideas as almost like sentient things that are looking for somebody to bring them into into real life. And I just could not wrap my brain around. I didn't even want to bother wrapping my brain around that because I thought it was silly. I like the idea of parts of it. Mm -hmm. I discounted a lot of it. Then I got the book. And my cousin came over right after I bought it and saw it sitting on the table and made great fun of it. Cause yes, because it's, it's like rainbow colored, oh, like man. starburst. It's yep. very um, flamboyant, oh, I would say. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And then I opened the book up because I've got to prepare for it because Haley is just bound and determined. Elizabeth Gilbert's going to be part of our event. And the very first chapter is about dealing with fear. And it is literally brilliant. Uh, the rest of the book is pretty good. I liked most of the rest good. of the book. <laughs> right. It was good. But it was no. so it's so paled. The first part of the book is by far the most impactful, I think. It is absolutely brilliant. Dealing with fear. Elizabeth Gilbert is approaching it from the point of view of being an author, mm -hmm. you know, but she's really trying to make it broad for anybody who's trying to live a creative life. And she goes into the explanation of why a creative life is important. And we'll talk about that at the show. But it's important because it impacts every aspect of our life. A creative life, you know, if I spin it all down, is a bigger, more fulfilled life. It's yeah, not you're just, more engaged. Right. It's not just for people who are painters or sculptors or whatever. Designers, you, architects. Right, right, right. It's for everybody. You know, you're a business owner. Money is in being creative. In new ideas, exactly. Right. That's where innovation comes from. And that's where we really can make our mark on the world. And she goes and talks about all the different things that fear, all the different, not things, different masks that fear wears. Yes. And that's the part that I thought was so powerful is because I would say, am I afraid? You know, am I afraid of of stepping out? Well, of course, yes, I am. I live in fear. I'm <laughs> very anxious. I don't want to look stupid, believe it or not. So I approach when I do something stupid, I call it right out for everybody to see because then I'm part of the joke. I'm right. not the joke. I'm part of the joke. Yes. That's my, my strategy there. But I don't like being dumb. I don't like having that idea that everybody laughs at. And so I know that I've got elements of fear. But the other thing that played out in her book is that all the different faces that fear wears. And that's what really got me. And specifically, it hit me in regards to a board game that I had this idea for. Mm -hmm. It's a cowboy game. And I can't find one that does what I want it to do. And so my kids and I were kind of talking and brainstorming. And I thought, let's make our own game. We can do this. You know, we've got the design capabilities. We know board games back and forth. Right. Let's start doing it. And I get partway into it and I think nobody's going to want to buy this game. And then I think this has already been done before. Or I think, am I really smart enough to pull this off? Or I say, you know, you're just going to waste too much time. Do you really have time to do all of this? And so I put this off on the side. Mm -hmm. And then I got this book right at that same moment. And I read Elizabeth Gilbert talking about fear 
says all these things like it's already been done before and nobody's going to want to buy this. It's a, it's waste, a waste, waste of time. Of money. And she goes through and says, look, when you're writing a book, when you're doing any of these things, any of these creative endeavors, first and foremost, you have to realize you're doing this for you. You know, put fear in the backseat. That's her whole. Th- I mean, there's so many things we could say about this. But the idea is putting fear in its place, recognizing yes. it and putting it in. Not letting it drive. Right. Putting it in its place. Not letting it drive. Look, I could say it. I really struggled and tripped up. <laughs> anyway, when I recognized that all of these little things stopping me were fear, and I'm reading what she's saying, where she's saying, create for your own sake. I thought, you know what? I don't have to sell this game. What makes me think I need to sell this game? Right. You it have a job already. Right. It doesn't need to be successful. If it is, that'd be great. But that's not the first and foremost goal for me in this instance. It's mm-hmm. just... To create and to do something really fun. And, well, what about if it's already been done before? She has a, a little section where she talks about, wake up. Everything's already been done before. Yeah. Frank Gehry talks about that. He's not reinventing the wheel here. He's doing things slightly different, but largely it's been done before. It's his take on it. It's a building with a living room and a bathroom. Right. And all these things already exist. Stop stopping yourself. And, you know, as the thing played out, as her chapter played out, she talked about how fear sings the same song to everybody. Mm-hmm. And the chorus is always stop, 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 stop. Well, right. Because living creatively or having an idea that's different is the most vulnerable thing because it's completely unknown. You're stepping out into an unknown, uncharted territory, and fear does not want you to go there. That's the scariest thing you could do. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's telling you to stop. Right. And she talks about how uh, my favorite thing, I, I don't, I, I'm really not even making a good case here, maybe. I, I don't know. It feels so all over the place. But one little image that she's got is she talks about a tadpole in a Petri dish. Mm-hmm. And if you wave your hand over the Petri dish, the shadow causes this little tadpole. You know, not, they're not very smart, right? It's just a little <laughs> right. tadpole. It flinches. And she talks about how, you know, it doesn't know how to create. It doesn't know how to paint anything wonderful. It doesn't know how to design a room. It doesn't know how to put colors together. It's a tadpole. But it surely knows how to flinch when a shadow goes over it. It sure knows how to respond to fear. Do we really want to base our lives around this concept that is really playing to our inner tadpole? You know, the the yeah. basis part of us. No, I want to step outside of that. And so I did. I've started to. And we've embraced this game. We've kind of trying to address fear as it crops up because it doesn't stop. Well, and you've made a lot of progress. I mean, this and, has become a full-fledged... I think you could sell it, honestly. And that's not the goal. But it has become something really great that I, I don't know that you could have gotten to otherwise. That's the thing. I never would have gotten there. And so how does that play out in anything? Well, I think everybody can fill in the blanks there. We all know how that will fill out in our lives and play out in our lives. Fear. Dealing with it. You know, we're out of time. There's just so much to say. And that's why you want to come to this event. There is so much that you're going to get out of this. Let's give those tickets away. Uh, Radio at RepcoLite.com is the email. If you email that, we're going to take five random emails that come through and award a pair of free tickets to each one of those people. And you have until 930 to get these emails. Plenty of time. So get those emails out. We'll draw five random winners. You can come to Down the Rabbit Hole June 1 at the Sunnybrook Country Club in Granville, and we'll talk more about all the things we just scraped the surface of today. All right, that's all the time we've got. We're going to wrap it up. 
Whatever you do today makes your paints a part of it. The Repco Light and Port City Paint Stores are open until 3, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening.